microphone and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! Shut up, show me You got a bunch of movies. So anyway. Uh, what do you mean you got a bunch of movies? It's Thanksgiving. Um, and uh, I've just been powering. I've had some time off a little bit. So I've been powering through some uh, screeners and stuff. Oh, okay. And I went to see a couple movies in the theater. You're a beast. Uh, which is going to be, I guess, stuff we talk about. And uh, then we both just finished watching the epic uh, Netflix premiere of uh, The Irishman. Um, yeah, well, I won't ask any questions about that yet. So, uh, happy Thanksgiving, buddy. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. It's the night before. Um, so you're having a chill evening. Yeah, I'm, chill I'm not doing anything, man. It's kind of, and it's awesome. And I, I am, uh, I am a person who suffers from severe FOMO, usually. So... Um, but I realized like that I spend much of my life trying to be social. So on one of the most social days, it feels really good to not be doing anything. Yeah. Um, and hey, at least you're in your location for Thanksgiving because there's a lot of friggin' people out there that are basically not going to make their Thanksgiving uh, dinners because they basically like the weather is so bad they're canceling flights and all this shit. Yeah, well, the weather's bad here too, pal. The Macy's Day Parade is going on tomorrow, you know, this big famous yeah. thing. And they might not even be able to put up balloons. They oh, inflated all the balloons. Really? They may not be able to put them up. Yeah. Huh. Uh, um, because of the weather. So we might have a, uh, a Macy's Day Parade without balloons, just floats tomorrow. They're going to test it out tomorrow, they said. Let's see what happens. Well, good luck, New York. Do you watch the Macy's Day Parade? No. My uh, niece and, or my brother and his or sister-in-law and their family, like, always watch it. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, I, nice. I never watch it. I mean, I used to. <laughs> I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm not. A, not too excited about parades. I don't yeah. know why. Well, no one would expect that you would be. But I you know. I used to watch it. I mean, I don't mean I used to watch it like um, regularly. But I did used to watch it like when um, you know you got up before football or whatever. But now that I live out here. You know, living out here, football starts at the first games at like nine thirty. So. I'm I'm not I'm not getting up too much earlier before that, especially not to watch a parade. Yeah, I'm missing that. I'm missing the uh, early uh, football times. Uh, not gonna lie. How much are you gonna be missing? Uh, yeah, two. Uh, so the game that has um, two, the first game is Detroit and Chicago, and Detroit just announced that they're starting like a fourth string guy. Um, named David Blow. 
Yeah, that's going to come up during uh, picks, I'm pretty sure. David Blue is starting a game for Detroit uh, for Thanksgiving. I guess he was their Purdue quarterback. And uh, I just never heard of this guy. Now, um, but it's not like he could be doing much worse than uh, how things were going there. Um, You know, they they were one of my losses last week. I, I really, boy, last week. Last week was something. Um, what are your notes? Yeah. Uh, I got some notes. That's so good. I uh, let's start with the uh, Thanksgiving traditions. So I was I was telling you before we started this that I was online for an hour at Honey Baked Ham, and I just have a question about Honey Baked Ham. Do you think they make all their money like on Thanksgiving and Christmas? Like, who the hell is going to Honey Baked Dam during the rest of the year? That's a good point. Like, how many employees do they have during the year? Uh, uh, like, I can't imagine people are going in there for lunch. Well, I mean, you you, you don't celebrate it, but, you know, ham's a big Easter thing. All right, so here, I got three days a year. Um, but yeah, but no. Um... That's interesting. I don't know. I'm not a big ham guy. Like it's, oh, I, it's I my, love the ham. I know you do. It's my least favorite cold cut. Like that, I still like. I mean, it's not my least favorite cold cut. Like, but it's my. It's like lowest on the totem pole for me. Okay. Um. Like, I love it. Like, if I order a sandwich, like I always when I you know, it, uh, um. Like I like the spicy Italian at Subway because it doesn't have ham; it's just pepperoni and salami. But okay. Still no. Um, so my other note is okay. uh, is this is probably going to change when Elton John's tour finishes, but Guns N' Roses tour ended. Um, November 3rd, the comeback, not in this lifetime tour. And it ranked number three all time, uh, tour, uh, started in 2016 and ended November 3rd and they sold, uh, it made $584 million from 158 concerts. Um, what do you think? The top two are. Wait, of all time? Of all time. That Guns N' Roses tour was number three all time. The two biggest tours? Yeah. Um, Off the top of my head. All right. I'm going to say Rolling Stones. Nope. U2? U2 is number one at their uh, Divide Tour, 2017 to 2019. Uh, it made uh, $736 million. Oh, wait. Sorry. Uh, 360 tour. Uh, yeah. $736 million between 2009 and 2011. So I went to both of those tours, actually. That's the one that had the big uh, freaking like, crane thing. And, you know, it was like the big set. Um, and it was like huge stadiums. Um so who else if it wasn't them? Number two. Yeah, go for it. 
is Ed Sheeran. Oh, no, I never would have got that. All right. The Divide Tour from 2017 to 2019 made $775 million. Um, and I'm pretty sure this uh, Elton John tour is going to make like more than anybody. I don't know. I mean, he's, he's touring for three years with this thing. Um, but anyway. Uh, so... I said last week I went to the Golden Girls uh, puppet show musical uh, okay. parody thing. Well, it wasn't a musical, actually. It was just a puppet show parody. And uh, I thought it was going to be... Well, first of all, we got these seats that were kind of like to the right of the stage. And uh, there was a piece of furniture on the stage. So there was a set there was the living room set and then there was the kitchen set and there was a piece of furniture in the kitchen set that was basically a countertop and the countertop was at the edge of the stage and if you were sitting on the right it basically cut off the kitchen table so anytime they sat down at the kitchen table you couldn't see anything hmm. it was like the most annoying thing and then this guy next to me was uh, he's like an older guy probably like 60 years old um, he was like, kept checking his phone in the middle of the thing. Like, oh, that's fun. And then texting people. I just wanted to like, and I went with a lady friend, so I didn't actually like say anything to this oh, guy. You're stealing my, you're was, stealing my stuff, I was, buddy. I know. I am feeling, I'm, I'm stealing it. But if the, I don't think, if she wasn't there, I probably would have said something because I, I, all I wanted to say to this guy was like, there's no way you have friends that you need to talk to for an hour and a half, uh, like at seven thirty at night on a fucking Wednesday. Um, but uh, basically, I thought it was going to be a little different than what it was. Basically, these guys just um, like wrote three episodes and performed them with puppets. Like they were dressed in black and they were just like walk around the stage and kind of act. And um, it was very clever and the puppets looked good. Um, but I thought it was going to be more of a inside jokes and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but it was entertaining. I don't know. It's touring if you want to go see it. Mm. <laughs> I doubt you do. Uh, I don't know if it's coming to L.A., but but anyway, it was all right. Um, so do you have any notes? My only two are, first, did you see the the Stephen F. Austin beat Duke yesterday? Yeah, there's been a lot of upsets right now. But, like, did you see, like, like how it all went down and how the guy hit the, hit the game-winning shot and everything? Yeah, I saw the highlights. I didn't see the game, but well, yeah. yeah. But why would you be watching? You know, why would anyone really be watching that game? My my friend who went yeah. to Duke didn't watch it live. He, but he was like, I can't believe we just. He sent me a text like, I can't believe we just lost to them. But like that guy's family. Did you read about his family? Has no. Like, they have a. Um, they had like a, an Indiegogo account or whatever, um, because they're uh, one of the one of the major storms had taken out their family home and everything. And so since he hit that shot, it's like gone up like a couple hundred percent. 
right. Yeah, so he, he's like getting tons of. They're like getting tons of money now. Like all these donations. Since he like hit that layup, it's pretty cool. It was, it was all pretty awesome. Take that. Yeah, because it's not for him; it's for his family. Okay. So it's not like people are, you know. Um, I mean that's how I see it. I don't know. Um, the other note that I have is, did you see what's going on with Kyrie Irving? Uh, I mean I've read a little bit of something how like everyone's saying he's like. Awful in the locker room and stuff. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. he's he's out for like he like has some injury that's keeping him out of like his next three. I mean, I, I don't know the the full facts, but like the next three games, which happen to be um, road games against Cleveland and Boston and like basically all the places that he screwed people over. And oh. <laughs> no, I didn't hear that. And people are just like kind of calling him out for being such a puss. And I guess he played at Boston tonight, and um, they they like like he didn't even show up. But they basically from the moment they started um, announcing the lineups, everybody the, the entire garden just started chanting like "Where's Kyrie? Kyrie sucks!" And they basically did it. Every, like they they did it every time there was like a timeout or anything. And I guess by the end. They were doing it like during foul shots, even their own foul shots. Like they just went nuts on him. Um, he posted this message. I mean, I, I looked up his Twitter. I'm, I don't see. Maybe it was private, but it's like this long. Uh, ESPN had, had posted it. It's like this long uh, thing about how sports is just um, entertainment. It's not real life, and everybody needs to get over it. And um, you know, like real life problems are real. These aren't real problems. You guys are like, you know, basically calling out everybody. But this is a guy who just left his team to make like sixty million dollars. So it's just very hypocritical. You know what I mean? It's like I, I just think he's such a moron. Um Yeah. I, I can't stand when people do stuff like this. So it's like it's really long thing it's supposed to show that he's deep where he's like um, like what life? What's what's more important in life? A damn ball going in a hoop, or learning how to grow up in this fishbowl of a society based on your popularity level as a person, you know? And you're like, dude, then don't take the money. I don't know what to tell you. You can't have it both ways. Yeah. Um, another thing. My last. Well, my other. Uh, I was reading this. ESPN put out a. Basically, a real-time history of what happened with the whole Kaepernick situation that's really good. Yeah, I love that no one called him. You do? Yeah. Well, you should read this then. Okay. Because it kind of, it it's a pretty, it's pretty, um, you know, open, it's not taking a side in the article, and, and it kind of seems like everybody was out. He was just so... It seems like he and his team were just so worried about everything that the NFL is trying to make him do um, that it, they kind of sabotaged it a little bit. But at the same time, the league was basically doing it in the hopes, um, not the hopes that it was going to get screwed up, but like they were they were trying to make it as difficult on him as, as possible. 
Yeah, like doing it on a Saturday so that no one could show up because they had to prepare for their game. Well, in this... They wanted to do it during the week. Yeah. And uh, and in this article, a lot of it, I guess the whole thing came down to his contract. And he had to sign a contract to work out where he wasn't going to get, like, any say over where the footage went. And then it was something that... There was, like, a liability clause that if he, you know, got hurt or whatever then, you know, that they weren't responsible. And the second half of it was if he, if they don't like, or if he comes out and says anything, then they don't have, you know, then they're not liable as well. And he was like, hold on, why would I sign this contract? Like, that's not the standard contract you have free agents sign. And they're like, yes, it is. He's like, no, it's not. I know it's different. So that's where it all, all the mistrust started happening. And as soon as he like changed it and came out and said shit about it. The NFL was like, Hey, we just wanted him to sign a contract that he signed before here. And it turns out like it was the old contract before the bargaining agreement and nobody would ever sign it now because it's intrusive on what, you know, what your conduct is. And so it's, it, it's an interesting thing. It, basically I, I thought the same thing where I'm like, I can't like no one signed them, but, well, I mean, he's been out of football for way too long. This thing's over. He's never going to play football again. Probably. I don't know. You're probably right. Um, sorry, buddy. Your girlfriend screwed you. All right. <laughs> so, uh, no, last hey. note, last note I have is, um, you we're gonna get we're what we're doing in the next within the next month. You and I are going to do a. Top ten, um, top tens of the decade, because I've been reading all kinds of lists and doing all kinds of research on this, and uh, there's some interesting takes on what was the best movies of the decade. Oh, okay, all right, sounds so, good. Uh, that was my last thing. All right, so let's get into it. Um, so let's power through some movies that we have seen uh, over the past week. Uh, we can do quick reviews, and uh, then we'll get into the Irishman. Okay. Um, so you said you went to see Bombshell. I went to see with, Bombshell uh, the other night and we had a and a with, uh, Charlize Theron and Nicole Kidman and Jay Roach and John Lithgow. Uh, first of all, I know you don't like to hear about the Q and A's as much, but Charlize Theron's probably the best looking human. Yeah. Nicole. Now let me ask you a question, a uh, quick question before you review the movie. Who do you, did you see the. Russell Crowe one? Yes. Who's better, Russell Crowe or John Lithgow? Uh, John Lithgow. Interesting. Okay. Um, well, I'll explain why. Um, I haven't seen I haven't seen the other one. So, so what did you think of Bombshell? Wait, did, you, did you see Bombshell? No, I haven't seen uh, it. Um, well, first of all, like I, I think it's over uh, for if you're if you're in the running for a makeup Oscar, it's over because. That's the number one reason why he's better than than Russell Crowe uh, is just because his makeup's ten times better. Um, I thought the Russell Crowe makeup was pretty good. I agree with you. His makeup was way better. Okay. Um, I I think that um, this John Lithgow character is uh, his version of it's a lot more pathetic. He's a lot more of. Um, a loser. I mean, he's 
he's like you know the same story, but he's just more of um where Russell Crowe is more of an alpha. Um, you know, he's got a more of a bravado than this guy, than the Lithgow one. Um, and not that the Lithgow one isn't like, t- you know, he's the same, it's the same sort of, it's the same story. And he's like sticking up for himself, obviously. His, his, he's just so much creepier. His, like, what, like there's a part of it, I mean, it's a movie. So it's shot a little different and you have better people to play off of. There's a scene with him and Margot Robbie that will, you know, make you want to like vomit when you see him like hitting on her. And it's like it's shot with like one. They they were talking about how they shot it without ever. Uh, they did it in like basically one take. They just set up two cameras, and so this way it was like you're really feeling the tension of this. Um, the thing about like I mean I really liked it. I don't. I didn't. It's not. You know. It's kind of like um, the Dick Cheney movie last year, where it's like yeah it was good and everybody looks like the people and I get it, but it's not. You know, it's not like earth shattering, but it's good. Um, the thing is, is like that when things just happen, like the opening of the movie is basically Megyn Kelly's fight with Trump. And I was like, that was only three years ago. And like party wants to go to movies to get away from the, like all that shit, you know? Um, yeah. But it doesn't mean it's not important. It doesn't mean it's not good. It is very good. Um Whoever cast them, we had a good time because they just hired a bunch of very attractive women to play Fox employees. Um, but it's good. I mean, Charlie Theron's awesome. Nicole Kidman's awesome. Um, and then yeah, Margaret. I mean, like the the actresses in there are like freaking. They're they're great. So, I mean, I don't unless you're a Fox fan and you know you're where you're rooting for the bad guys. You're not going to walk out of that and be like, wow, that wasn't entertaining or that wasn't good. You're going to like it. Okay. And it will definitely win. It has to win Best Makeup because it's like insane how much they look like the people. Yeah. When, I mean, when we saw um, Charlie's uh, in the trailer, you're just like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, Zach They were saying that when they showed it to the execs, they didn't realize that that wasn't footage of, the, you know, that they didn't know that. To like, when is she going to be on? Like, when did you get this footage? You know, like that. So. Anyway, it's good. So, it's definitely a good movie. Alright, so I saw two movies in the theater. Um, I saw 21 Bridges. Okay. Chad, Chadwick Boseman uh, playing a cop versus uh, bad cops or corrupt cops. Uh, it was pretty bad. Yeah, it's supposed to be uh, bad. Sienna Miller was horrible. Well, you, was you don't like her anyway. Let's just be honest. She, she, she was really miscast in this movie. I'm sorry. Um, and uh, basically every single person you meet is bad. Like ends up being bad no matter what, like, per, like what job they're in. Uh, everybody's bad except for Chadwick Boseman. It's like really weird. Um, so yeah, I do not recommend that at all. There was also an opening scene where this guy takes a, there's a car chase and the car goes through an alley and smashes head on with a cop car, like full, full speed. And then 
it pushes the cop car out of the alley and it just races off and then the car has no damage for like um like 10 minutes of the movie the beginning of the movie and i'm like how did this pass like how did someone say this was okay i mean this is like a russo brothers movie like they've like produced this movie but this car it was a bmw versus like a cop car that's you know has like that whatever that what do you call that bar on the front that like bushes shit like it would have crushed that bmw like that was ridiculous i don't know if that bothered me um so that was pretty bad but then i went to see ford versus ferrari uh this week and that was awesome i fucking love that movie i definitely recommend it um definitely a really good theater experience loud the chase the, the race scenes are freaking awesome christian bale is amazing um he's probably gonna get nominated if he doesn't get nominated i don't know what's going on but um the story's good except for the fact that they didn't really go into um other drivers i felt like they should have like kind of keyed on a couple of their drivers so that when they raced each other um you kind of like knew who the person was that he was racing. Okay. Uh, um, but, uh, I mean, they did it a little bit, but it was such a throwaway thing. Like you just see the guy like walking and he had like teams, you know? So like the Ford team had like teams. So they, you would, you would think that they would show the other people in their team so that even when they were like switching drivers, cause Le Mans is like a 24 hour race and they're supposed to switch drivers every six hours. Um, but you would know the other people, but basically like when they switch drivers, you have no clue, like who that guy is, you know, Christian Bale just gets out of the car and goes, Hey, so the, the you know, the car's running hot, blah, blah, blah. And then like the guy's like, okay. And gets in, but you have no clue who this guy is. You've never seen him before. Gotcha. Um, uh, but it was such a really good movie. I mean, just the attention to detail on the time period and uh, all the acting was great. Um, yeah, it was really good. My friend Emil is one of those guys. Okay. He's one of those guys that you didn't get to see enough of. I'll have to tell him that you wish that you'd saw him more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so those are the two movies I saw in the theater. Did you see anything else? I did. I saw, last night I went to see a movie called Waves. How was that? Um. I didn't know anything about this movie when you were texting me about it. Yeah, yeah. So, Waves. How do you describe Waves? Waves is like, um, it's by, um, the guy that did It Comes at Night, um, Trey Edward Schultz. And um, it comes at night. Is that the uh, horror thing? Yes. It's like but it's not. It's not really a horror movie, but it you know it falls uh, under that category. But it's not. Um, it's with what's his name who's in um, every movie. In, in, every one of those horror movies, he's like in all yeah. the Conjurings and shit. What's the guy's name? Patrick something. Uh, anyway, uh, I thought it was uh, no the guy from uh, Pet Cemetery. What's his name? Uh, and the box. Joel Edgerton. Yeah, that's yeah. You're right. I get him mixed up with um, the other guy that you're thinking of, or that I was thinking of. Uh, anyway, obviously. Um, but so, what was, what so was basically, 
it's about like it's two stories and it's like uh the first is about this family it's got you know sterling k brown's the dad and he's like really tough on his son and his son's like a wrestler and um they're in florida and then his his son kind of goes out like gets hurt and kind of goes out his life kind of goes out of control and he does something really bad and then all of a sudden we're in the the aftermath of it with his sister and his sister meets um a boy at school who's played by uh lucas hedges and um it's about their relationship and them going through you know life after and I don't know. It's like it was under two hours, but it was shocking when I looked at. I thought it was like three and a half hours long. I thought it was. Yeah, I really did. I mean, because it was just very intense. A lot of it. Um, it's uh, um, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross did the soundtrack, so it's really good, and they have a lot of very good songs in it. But one of the problems is it relies really heavily on the music, and sometimes it just doesn't. Like, I'm a sucker if you're going to show people walking into a scene with, like, a banger going on. But I don't need it. Like, when we talk about Booksmart, I think we talked about this before. Booksmart, um, the movie earlier this year by Olivia Wilde, was just a bunch of slow-mo entrances with, like, bangers to them. So it was, like, a music video over and over and over again. This had some of those elements. And this guy, he did some very interesting things with the camera. Um, I almost got sick in the beginning. Um... But, but he still he he was trying a bunch of shit, and a lot of it was really ambitious. And when it works, it really works. But when it doesn't work, it it doesn't. It's like glaring that it doesn't work. So, um, you know, there's a lot of people that not a lot of people. Like I had read a lot about it. Not like I didn't know anything about the plot. I didn't know anything about it. But I read critic reviews of it, and people were like love it, or they they just don't get it. Um, like I know on the ringer Simmons had posted something about how he was his favorite movie this year or something. And then, um, fantasy, the guy who runs the ringer, he was like, yeah, this is like, you know, he's on the movie poster, his quote about it. And so let me guess, Michael Scott likes it. Who's Michael Scott? Uh, A.O. Scott? Yeah, yeah, Scott. Uh, maybe I don't know. I haven't. I haven't. I know. I'm kidding because that guy is like anything. Like that's uh, not. I read his ten best movies of the decade. You know, anyway, um, not surprising. I haven't heard of most of them. Um, Half of them are uh, black and white. Yes, films. I haven't heard of most of them. Um, yeah. But yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's it's. I'm curious. You know, you'll get the screener of it because it's it's in the mix for awards. Um, so. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious what you think of it. I mean, it's definitely worth watching. It's a, it's you know, but um, some I, I can see people loving it. Screen of screeners. Have you got any SAG screeners or? No, no, there hasn't even been a nominations yet. Oh. Well, I got uh, I saw four screeners. All right. Um, speaking of Lucas Hedges, I saw Honey Boy. Which uh, I really liked a lot. That's the Shia LaBeouf wrote a movie about his dad, and he plays his dad in it. Um, and it's definitely one of the best performances of the year. Um, he's definitely getting. He's got to get nominated for that. Remember, you're saying this about all these actors. Remember when I went through it last week, and this is why I said this is going to be a really interesting year because there's so many good performances. I know. I know. 
puts on a really good performance. Um, really heart-wrenching performance. The only problem I thought, I didn't really like the ending of it. Um, I thought it missed out. You know, it had the typical independent movie ending where it didn't end. Uh, where it just cut the black. Um, but, man, there's some really good stuff in there. Some good scenes in there. Um, I saw The Farewell. What's Farewell? That's the Aquafina movie about how, um, it's, I guess it's a true story about how the director wrote, wrote and directed this movie about her, I guess there's a Chinese culture, like a thing in their culture where if someone's dying, uh, they tell the family and the family doesn't tell the person so that they don't, so they live their life as like a normal like then they don't know that they're going to die in like three weeks or three months, you know? Mm-hmm. So basically her grandmother uh, has cancer and is told that like her family basically like goes to China and it's like her brother is getting married and they're using that as like a thing to go say goodbye to their grandmother. Basically they're all just going there for this wedding, but really they're going to say goodbye to their grandmother. Okay. Interesting story, but, uh, I don't know. I, I, I didn't connect to it. Um, I saw just mercy with, uh, our boy, uh, what's his name from, uh, God, now I come blanking here. Jamie Foxx and, uh, Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. Uh, Everyone's going to get nominated there, too? I don't know about this one. It's basically like... Because you were like, you're really looking forward to this one. You know, just because they send you all these movies doesn't mean you have to see every one of them. That's true. But I haven't seen, I haven't seen much of anything in the last like few months, so I uh, started watching some stuff. Uh, so Just Mercy, it's basically nothing new basically a courtroom drama that uh, had nothing shocking or it was just told the story of this guy's life who was um, trying to get death row inmates in Alabama uh, convicted or, you know, people that may have been wrongfully accused uh, their things expunged, blah, blah, blah. So it was okay. Nothing great. It was way too long. It was almost like two and a half hours. But Jamie Foxx was good. I wouldn't say uh, nomination, but he was really good. Um, and then my last one was Jojo Rabbit. I finally saw that. Um, and I loved it. That was awesome. It was like kind of like Life is Beautiful. Mm-hmm. It basically had that same vibe. I mean, Life is Beautiful did it a little bit better. Um and balancing the, you know, the dramatic and the comedy and all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, it was really good. So that's six movies for you. I did six movies. It's quite a life. All right. Let's move on to, uh, to my seventh movie. Or your seventh movie of the week. <laughs> uh, so we saw The Irishman today. It came out today on Netflix. 
Uh, it's three and a half hours long. Martin Scorsese with uh, all the heavy hitters. Uh, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino plays Jimmy Hoffa. Um, and it's basically about uh, Robert De Niro's rise from a truck driver through the ranks of the Teamsters, the Mafia, Hitman, and, uh, you know, whether or not he has a, a fall to earth or whatever. Um, try not to give too much away. But uh, what are you? What were your initial thoughts of uh, of the Irishman? Uh, so it was really long. <laughs> um, but I, I just kind of, I could, I could, you know, sometimes people put um, on their TV like a log burning or a fake um, aquarium of fish as like a screensaver yeah. that they just keep on all day. You could put like Pesci and De Niro um, on my screen as my screensaver, them just doing whatever they're doing throughout their day, and I'd be happy. Yeah, I, I, I texted someone during watching it, and I was like, I could watch. You texted me. I could watch De Niro <laughs> and uh, Al Pacino talk for seven hours. I know, you didn't You didn't text that to me. Um, yeah, it's like uh, all those guys. It's just, it's... Um, you know, just I, seeing I, them together in the scenes were just like so fun to watch. Absolutely. I mean, and it's like you know, I again, it is super long, but one of the things, sorry, I'm switching around. One of the things is, um, I think some of my favorite scenes in this movie weren't the things that were weren't weren't the parts where things were really necessarily happening. It's more the in between moments I think that were the best. And so that's where I was like, I don't know if I want to cut any of that. I mean, I I kind of wasn't a huge fan of the ending. Um, I just kind of thought it lingered a little too long. Um, when we get post, uh, I won't say, I mean, it's not really, but it's post all the action, you know. Yeah, towards the end of his life. Yeah, it's like more. Um, but, um, yeah, like, other than that, I don't think there's much I would have cut because it's like, cut, like, the whole, the whole underlying like there's a whole scene that's happening throughout the movie where basically Pesci and De Niro and their wives are going on a trip, and we learn about why they're going on the trip throughout it and all this. But they could be they could do, <laughs> I could just watch them sitting there talking about just like I if you put a camera like a GoPro on that trip, um, you know it was like a five day trip. I'd probably watch all five days. Yeah, there was a scene in the movie where Gio Pesci is in like like cooking basically goes into the kitchen of like a restaurant and it's like cooking like food for them or making a salad right and they have this whole conversation about what's to come and I'm just like we need Pesci back he needs to be in March yet he was so fucking good <laughs> um, he's like has this like little like switch you know where he goes from like saying you know acting like normal to like getting really serious and like basically telling the audience something bad's gonna happen just I don't know just he's just got like a really he's, he's just a good actor yeah and then um, um and it you know it's nice the thing is that's really sad though and the other reason I think I don't want to let it go is it's kind of like you know that we're hitting 
that, you know, we're on the turn with these guys, you know, they're all getting up there. And so to see them all back together in one thing and, and Scorsese using his old tricks, like a lot of his long camera shots and, um, I don't know. It's just the music I, and the yeah. I just want to be there. I just I want to cars driving right. I just want to be in that. You know, yeah. that's I'm I'm so I'm easy to please with that stuff. Um, I also enjoyed uh, the makeup in this was really good. They did a great job, and the whole CGI de-aging thing definitely you couldn't tell no you could it was done really well that's that's what i'm wondering about makeup how much of it's makeup and how much of it was the digital stuff Dom from uh entourage who played tony which that was a funny bit where he was like everybody's named tony Uh um but when al pacino and de niro were together it was so great Um, yeah just it puts a smile to your face you know um, but, uh, Dom, like that makeup was really good. I thought on him, um, I don't know. Like there's just so many good supporting characters in that movie. Um, and then as you know, Scorsese does a great job of like escalating tension. Absolutely. A, you know, so even saying the same thing over and over, but just like, they basically say the same words but the way they're said, it gets like more and more intense. My uh, only question is there's a big, I mean, I don't know what to give away, what not. Cause you don't really need to get into the detail. Like this is the whole life. Everybody's going to die in the whole thing. Um, but there's one major character who dies in the, you know, basically the third act. And I'm just curious why his, I, I don't know if I should ask you this off the air is, kid is like involved in him getting killed and they never like discuss it and it really bothered me well yeah he didn't I don't think he knew okay alright that's what I'm wondering but that's not clear like I think like it was all all that stuff was done so everyone would have an alibi like even the whole uh, where Joe Pesci had to stay back and he had, they went to the wedding and all this stuff. Like, like it was all built so that they, it couldn't come back to them. Okay. We'll leave it there. We'll just leave it there. I, yeah. I, I disagree with you, but, um, uh, we'll see. Um, I, I'm curious cause I want to read, I want to read more about it. Uh, um, I mean, say, he says something about the, the adopted kid or was it an adopted kid? I can't remember. It was, his, it was his foster kid. It was his foster kid. Oh, yeah, foster kid, yeah. Um, but now we're giving away who it is. Um, but in that same scene, the whole the whole discussion about the fish is like probably my favorite scene. That is a movie. fantastic scene. <laughs> so you ordered a fish. Well, what kind of fish was it? I don't know. You don't know what kind of fish you ordered. Yeah, you just, you know, salmon. Or, he's like, I don't know. It was someone pre-ordered. I <laughs> Yeah, it's good. Um, so and then Al Pacino gets in the back scene and goes, "God, it smells a little bit." <laughs> who's who's um, who's getting nominated for this? Oh, I definitely think all three of them are getting nominated. You think so, boy, man? Yeah. Your nomination list is really getting tight. Yep. Pacino and uh, Pesci will be nominated for best supporting. <laughs> 
I mean, it, but it's De Niro's movie, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's in like every scene. Yeah, he really is. He's he's the uh, it's his movie. He's so good. You know, imagine being naturally just that good at anything. He was really good until the scene where he like beat up the guy on the street. <laughs> that, that was really bad. Yeah, you know, I know exactly what you're, because there's a lot of guys getting beat up by guys, and but you're right. Yeah, it's like the one that uh, basically like pushes his daughter. His daughter. Yeah, it was really tough. To, like it was cool because he comes in and you're just like you're getting. God, this is one of the things that Scorsese does so well too. Uh, some guy bumps this early in the movie, bumps his kid, and she comes home and tells him, and he takes her. And he's like, he's the one that did it, and she's like, yeah. And he, of course, goes in and beats the shit out of a guy and throws him through the glass of, like, the door. And it's, like, throws him <laughs> out in the street. Out, like, outside, like, in the middle of the street, so kind of far away. And then starts stomping him. And it's, like, I mean, yeah. a man in his 60s could roll away from that stomping. You know, it's you know, it's tough. Um, yeah, that, that was a little tough to watch. But, yeah. Uh, but he's, he's so freaking good. I mean... Uh, I don't know. This is like these actors just watching them. You want to like this movie not to end, you know? I yeah. Don't, I end, but well, until it until it gets to the ending, then you want it to end as soon as possible. That's <laughs> I didn't want it to end when, it, but you know what? That's kind of like what Scorsese movies do, right? When you think about Goodfellas, like you're like watching Goodfellas, and when everything's going great, you just never want it to end, and then it gets to the hectic cocaine part. And I'm not saying that part's not awesome because it is. But you're just like, I can't take much more of this. This has got to stop. Yeah. Um, but when it's like them like pulling off robberies, you're like, please just give me more and more of this. Do you, let me ask you this question. Do you think you can watch, do you think you'll ever watch The Irishman again? Yes, I probably will. I was, I was curious. I, I was thinking about it as I was watching it because I can't, you know, you can, you probably can't even count how many times you've seen Goodfellas in, in, not that this movie is Goodfellas because nothing else is Goodfellas, but it's you know it's in the family, and um, yeah. you know you've watched this, you watch that a million times, you watch Godfather a million times. I'm I'm not sure if I'll watch The Irishman again. Like I certainly wouldn't turn it off, but it's not like it's going to be on cable and you're going to come across it. It's a Netflix movie, so you got to put it on. And then yeah. you and if you're going to put on The Irishman, that means you're going to commit. To three and a half hours of a movie, so I don't know. Just, I'm okay with it. I I'm, mean, I won't go probably in the next like for a while, but I definitely will revisit it at some point. Well, you're probably the wrong guy to ask, considering how many movies. You, I mean, I, I I would suggest if you're out there and you've got a short film or you've got a you know some B movie that you made, go just send it to G Bones here. He'll he'll watch it. Yeah, watch it. Apparently, he'll watch anything. I got time. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So, uh, I mean, we we're not doing our best of yet, but I have a feeling this will probably be on both of our best ofs. I'm guessing. Yes, definitely. Is it the best? Is it your favorite movie of the year, or is or do you still feel like uh, that's pretty open? It's definitely a front runner. Okay. Um, how are we doing our picks last week? Uh, well, good segue. Um, speaking of people getting stomped in the street, uh, you went zero and 
two and one, and I went one and two. Nice. I'm doing doing pretty well the last couple weeks. Yeah, so that's putting us at a record of you're at 12-22-2 for the year, and I'm 19-16-1. Really just tearing this league apart. Yeah, that's great. So, how are we going to turn around this week? I'm going 3-0. All right, let's do it. Uh, My first pick is not against uh, the quarterback that we talk or not going going against the quarterback that we were just talking about. I'm going Mitchell Trubisky, minus five and a half, versus uh, Bo. I forgot the guy's name now. Yeah. Uh, David this is an alert to anybody out there listening who gambles. Bet on the Lions, because I, too, have Chicago minus five and a half, and I swore I would never bet on <laughs> Trubisky ever again, but when I saw this come out, I... I Changed a lot of things, like in my Pickham's pool, and I, I moved it all to you know Chicago. Um, uh, I don't know why this, like, why didn't this line move at all when they made that announcement? Oh, it's it. Yeah, it definitely moved. No, I don't think that it. No, because I have it at um, <laughs> like from. Well, I don't know. I have it from a day ago, and it, I don't have it. It maybe moved to half a point. Um, what's your second? My second is uh, Arizona Cardinals versus the Rams at home getting three points. I think the Rams suck. I think the Arizona Cardinals will win uh, at home this week. Um, I think they get both running backs back this week, and they have a decent receiving core, and I think they're going to move the ball and win that game. Yeah, I think that's hard to argue against. I'm with you. That's um, that Rams team. I didn't get to see it because uh, I, I was at one. Of, I, I went. I was at the movies, but man, they're just awful. And they keep getting. You're right. And they keep getting points. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you can take them right now. They're they're in. I was listening to Nick Wright, who's not my favorite guy yesterday, but um, you know he is. You know who Nick Wright is? Hello? No. Okay. He's uh he's like a sports guy. Um he does like Colin he does like the Colin Coward show. He fills in for him a lot. He's a super LeBron apologist, so I usually hate him. But he was just kind of breaking down where the Rams are, and he's like, they're one of the three worst situations to be in for like the next six years. He's like yeah. Yeah, you look at it. Yeah, well, their quarterback is the biggest salary cap hit of the uh, of any quarterback. Running back, biggest salary cap hit of any running back. Wide receiver, Brandon Cooks, I think is the fifth biggest salary cap of any wide receiver, and he's like one concussion away from never playing again. And then they're, uh, and you know, uh, what's his name, Aaron Donald, biggest cap on defense, and now. You trade away two first-rounders for Jalen Ramsey, who you're not even going to be able to re-sign. So they're kind of screwed. I'm with you. Uh, not going to be a happy place, that new stadium. Um, there was a very good article on ESPN. I don't know when ESPN started writing these really good long articles, but last week there was a very good article on what's going on with the stadium on ESPN, um, with the new L.A. stadium and, and like how screwed up everything is. Um between the relationship between uh, 
legends, the company and um, the Rams and the Chargers and all of that. And it's, it was fascinating. Um, I would be willing to bet um, if there's a way to bet this, put your all your money on the on the Cowboys being the first game at that L.A. stadium for the Rams. I'm just going to say it right now. Um, my second pick is on tomorrow night. I'm taking New Orleans minus seven. I don't know what to make of any of these teams anymore in the AFC South. I keep last week, both of these teams screwed me, the Saints and the, um, and Falcons. the Falcons. Um, but, uh, I think everything's kind of come back to reality and the Falcons really stink. And so that whole theory that I had last week of them all switching position coaches, uh, I'm going directly against it one week later and picking New Orleans minus seven. Nice. I like it. What's your third? My, I like the Steelers at home getting two points versus uh, the Cleveland Browns. Sorry, still not buying the Cleveland Browns. Uh, and Steelers are at home and they've been playing well and this is a huge game. Uh, even though they have a shitty quarterback, I still like uh, Steelers defense. So you're betting, yeah. on, you're betting on the duck? Yep. Right? That's their quarterback's name is Duck? Something like that, yeah. Um, I I actually really like the Browns, and I hate to say it. I mean, if uh, I, I, I won't pick this one because I know I should pick the Browns, but I won't because I don't want to. Um, you know, these, <laughs> these two teams had a weird thing, you know, so we'll just leave that out there. Uh, I, I was listening to somebody talking about it, Turns out, I think that Mason Rudolph, the quarterback for Pittsburgh, might be a Trumper, and that might be where all that racist stuff came from. He's like a MAGA guy, but that doesn't mean he said anything racist at the time. I think that's, but that I think that's why they felt like they could point to that. Um. Anyway, uh, my third pick is the Green Bay Packers minus six and a half against your New York Giants. Yeah, I like that too. I mean, oh, can't turn off this TV for some reason. Green Bay's coming off of a pretty big loss, um, and Giants have no defense. What's that? And Giants have no defense. Yeah, well, but I mean, usually this is what happens with teams that are pretty good. They'll they'll lose a big game, and the the right recipe is to come against a struggling other team, and usually beat up on them to get back into uh, into form. So I'm going with the yeah Green Bay minus six and a half. It's not personal. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to get back to watching more screeners. Great. And, uh, just kidding. Um, I'm going to a cheerleading competition. That's I'll, right. I'll Good luck. Yeah, I, I look forward to hearing about that. Um, what was the big uh, – there was a big NFL story this week I wanted to ask you about, but I can't remember it now, and it's getting too late. Um, I, I Yeah, anyway. Um all right, yeah, well, we'll do this next week. Have a happy Thanksgiving, and uh, yeah, um, thanks for staying up to do this. Sorry it, t- it took me so long, but you can blame Martin Scorsese. I'm sure he's going to be, he's going to care a lot about that. Well, you know, if he can criticize Marvel movies, I can criticize, uh, no, that's not true. There's no equivalent, and I don't think he's wrong to do that, so. Uh, but next week we'll 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 be back hopefully at a more decent hour. Sounds good. All right.